Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarinu, and today I am looking south and north in Europe, Italy, Germany, and I have a good friend, an amazing author and speaker, Paolo Cironi. Welcome, Paolo. I'm always pleased to have a conversation with you and your audience. Yes, and uh, you know, we, we started this series of conversations with the publication of your first book and, and um, the framework around financial market transparency. And now just ahead of your second book, um, you've already started talking about the main principles, transparency, advice, openness. I like to think of it as the Tao in, in well, services. Actually, Effie, my financial market transparency is my fourth book of my personal research series. And my fifth upcoming new book due in October this year with Wally, again, is Banking Fintech on Platform Economies, Contextual and Conscious Banking. So it's an old series. For, perfect. And, and it's an evolution of the thinking that you share with us and, and you enlighten us. So I'm going to get right to the point. You are making a distinction that is very important, not only in financial services, but I think in any service industry, the distinction being between output and outcomes. So please Tell us about this distinction. And the question that I want to, I'm dying to ask you is, if we're focused on client outcomes, how does that differ from client goals that we've been talking? So Good questions, uh, we answer one at a time. First of all, the fourth industrial revolution is a platform revolution, namely an ecosystem platform revolution. Now, to succeed on ecosystem platform economies, we definitely need to understand the difference between outputs and outcomes that many banks and fintech entrepreneurs did not clearly identify. I give an example of output, thinking about the automotive industry. BMW wants to sell 1 million 7 series cars next year. Those are outputs, number of cars, sales. What is outcome for BMW? Well, BMW uses ShareNow to mobilize 1 million people in Berlin commuting to the office in the morning. It is very different because not only the experience is different commuting from buying the car, but also the way clients pay for that experience, for that outcome is very different compared to buying the car, the output. So what does it mean in terms of financial services? We give an example limiting to the world of investment management. UBS, to pick a bank, wants to sell 1 billion euros of asset under management of a certain monetary fund. There is an output. How much asset under management can be sold of a monetary fund? So what is outcome? UBS wants to help their clients, families, or businesses to achieve their personal, financial, or business goals. Those are outcomes. So it is very different what clients perceive as value and the way they remunerate the financial institutions for the uh, engagement through that outcome economy perspective. Excellent. I was thinking today, BlackRock, it was announced that they crossed the 3 trillion 
um, ETF uh, milestone. And I guess that is uh, an output versus an outcome. It is actually an output that we saw uh, very low margins become unsustainable without the hyper volumes, which can go only up to a certain extent, which is also the reason why BlackRock is moving into delivering technology to the financial services industry to organize the conversation between banks, advisors, and clients, which needs to be shaped around outcomes and not outputs in terms of the remuneration to differentiate and generate real value. So it will Great. So, so now that we understand the difference between outputs and outcomes, if a company, a financial service provider is focused on the client's outcomes, how does that differ from the client goals? Does it differ? Okay. So first of all, we need to set a precondition, which is an element of understanding. And it is about uncertainty. Uncertainty is uh, the norm in finance, is the structure of financial markets. Clients think they buy performance, but in reality, financial institutions sell risk and actual uncertainty because risk you can manage up to a point and uncertainty is everything that stays beyond the debt. That reminds us that the future is open and we cannot always win. There might be cases when we have to lose on financial markets. So now, if we start from the understanding that nobody owns the truth about the future and uncertainty is the norm, how can we make a decision? So we need to anchor it to something. So goals are the mechanism to anchor our thinking and decision-making, accepting that fundamental uncertainty is the norm in finance. And even the most informed professional working on Wall Street is limited in its capability of predicting the future. So then goals operate on time, which adds another element to our decision-making, the capability of differentiating short-term, mid-term, and long-term. And you know how difficult it is for us to think long-term, where most of the very important goals reside, like retirement, as well as the survival of the planet. So that goals enables us to link the anchoring of decision-making facing uncertainty and the concept of time. So if goals are a mechanism, so they are not the outcome, what is the outcome? Well, the outcome is the value that the new financial services platform operating on goals can generate. And that value is financial consciousness. That means is our capability to relate with the problem of finance using goals and time to make our decisions, reminding that we need to continuously revise our decisions to make sure that we conform with the prevailing market and macroeconomic conditions. Great. Paolo, thank you so much uh, for enlightening us how to think about these concepts, which obviously apply both at the individual level, the retail level, so to speak, and at the corporate B2B level. Yes, can I add just one element? Why it is so important to understand that financial consciousness is the outcome value generated by the new financial services platform that clients will be willing to pay for. In order to explain it, I would say that there is a difference between wisdom, awareness, and consciousness, right? Wisdom is typically defined like the knowledge of experience of a society, which can be um, confined it to a certain period of time. Uh, you know the concept of conceptual, conventional wisdom. So it is important, but it can lead to closure of our mind because we may think that we have all of the experiences and all of the knowledge needed to survive in the future. But uncertainty, 
it's not part of our experience yet because it can't do in the future. So then awareness for me is a step ahead because it enables me to understand that the knowledge and perception of a fact, and that fact is that uncertainty is the norm. So how do I reconcile wisdom and awareness is with consciousness, because consciousness means being aware and responsive. So not only I keep on experiencing, building my knowledge, but I remain open to the future. And therefore, I know how to respond. So I'm conscious about the decisions I make. Therefore, I'm not convinced by the FOMO, I'm not convinced by the exuberance, and I make decisions which are anti-fragile, being an individual, a family, or an enterprise. And if I take that and translate it in the very narrow sort of part of uh, the value chain in financial services in investment, you might have wisdom because of uh, excellent capabilities of modeling risk and, and managing risk, but that doesn't mean that you don't understand that that model isn't the reality and the model that has worked for a certain period and in a certain era may not work. So you have to keep that in mind and be able to adapt and, and change your model uh, and, exactly. and remain open. Being aware of an of uh, uncertainty and the open futures, you transform wisdom into financial consciousness. So you are not just aware, but you're also responsive and you know how to act. Excellent. And on that note, I'd like to thank you. And again, we look forward to more conversations and um, your, your next uh, book. 